Hi everyone! Welcome to the Curiously Creative Podcast. Curiously Creative loves creativity and inspiring people to follow their own creative curiosities. We hope to bring you a bit of joy and inspiration with everything we do so that you can fall in love with creativity too. I'm your host, Akriti Lee, and each month I share conversations with all kinds of creative people who share their journeys and unique perspectives around their own creativity. We hope these conversations help us understand our own creative process and have the courage to live more creative lives. Today, I'm thrilled to be presenting an inspiring, lovely, soulful, and incredibly self-aware, the very magical Ramona Staffield. Ramona is a professional dancer from New York, whose teaching experience spans two decades alongside legends like Frankie Manning. She is one of the highest profile Lindy Hop and authentic jazz dance teachers in the world, not to mention her additional professional training in ballet, contemporary, tap and West African dance, including professional studies at the very prestigious Jose Limon Institute in New York. All right, so I think the first place to start, um, we'll be getting to know how you got into dance in general. I am just instantly thinking about being in my mother's womb. Not that I remember that, but I do know that she she loved to dance and she was very active and still is. My parents had music in our home and in their lives, but lots and lots of, of great music um, of all kinds, folk music and jazz. And, and then, again, music happening all the time when I was very small and kind of toddling and crawling and running. And then maybe I took my first formal dance class when I was seven. But I did start ballet when I was getting serious about figure skating, um, which I was about seven or eight. Uh, and I would train. I trained pretty hard. I had a schedule of going to the rink before school, you know, twice a week. And I had a Ukrainian coach who was very strict and wonderful and taught me a lot about discipline and made a real impression. I still remember his work ethic and the expectations he had of us. Um, and I remember that actually being quite positive. But I also went to Steiner School, well, Waldorf School, and we did You With Me, and we were kind of, you know, music, dance, creativity were just, it wasn't was so of separate. skating as well? No, no the, the Steiner School was, I went to Waldorf, I was, I was in Waldorf education from kindergarten through third grade. And what's Waldorf education? Waldorf? is a philosophy and a, um, a pedagogy that would have come out of Germany around the turn of the century. As far as I remember, Rudolf Steiner had a factory. He was like a big boss, company owner, and yeah. he was looking at the children of his workers, and he was basically like, um, I want to give them something better. And he, there was a lot of um, focus on spirituality and creativity and, and mm. getting back to the to handwork and the arts and craftsmanship uh, at that time. But it is uh, an alternative education and it's quite popular in Europe. It it started in Germany and yeah, it was really positive for me. And within that school we did, you know, art, learning through art, learning through creativity was just the norm. And I would say I was lucky enough to grow up in our little, our family culture and my my hometown and uh, the people that we spent time with. Dancing wasn't so odd. <laughs> like, you know, in, in some places, you are the 
the strange one if you don't get up and move. And unfortunately, in our culture, it's the opposite. I mean, it's, it has certainly has changed a lot, but in, in more of a um, uh, traditional, serious Western society, you are, dance is, yeah, much more serious, and it's something that maybe you achieve for a certain goal, and a lot of places around the world, it's just a part of daily life, and you just move. You know, you're, you're not mm. thinking so hard about being correct or having a specific technique. You're just responding to the music, and then it's an extension of celebration and of uh, recognizing rituals in, in uh, our lives and throughout the year. I think I was lucky enough to, to actually look at dance and say, no, it's, it's pretty normal. So anyway, I, got, I was serious about figure skating. I thought I was going to be you know, I, an Olympic champion. It was the time of Oksana Bayul and Nancy Kerrigan and, the, and um, Chrissy Yamaguchi, the 90s. And I was so, had a lot of dreams around that. And then you know, to, to enhance or strengthen my skating, I did ballet and I did jazz and I did tap. Um, and I did some modern dance and creative movement. Did you make a transition from uh, figure skating to another form of dance in a formal aspect or is, was that the point where you found Lindy Hop or swing dancing and kind of redirected your focus? My focus? Um, well, you know, I, th I, I loved ballet. I, I felt that it was, I could see the value um, as much as you can um, when you're just discovering the world and you don't really have a lot of boundaries for yourself. You're like, I can do anything when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, and my parents really encouraged me. But yes, when I was figure skating, I took my first swing dancing class when I was in fifth grade, so I was about 11. And I, my parents were dancing at the time, and I already, swing dancing, and I definitely was like, I don't know, I don't want to hang out with my folks too much, and all, they're all these older people, and they're so not cool, and all the things as you try to find who you are um, and grow up. And then, as it turned out, we all signed up, my dad, my mom, and I, for a progressive learning six-week course um, and then I just we got the bug we were obsessed we were listening to swing music all the time like in the car at home we were ordering these um, special two-tone shoes from London you know we had to send a cutout or a, excuse me a, a tracing of our foot and we were we were just yeah completely obsessed at that point you knew that this was going to be your direction it was no I, I'd was say no, I, I don't think I ever said this is what I wanted to like because you had that moment with figure skating where you had those you mentioned you've got you had those goals and dreams that you wanted to achieve. Yep. Um, whereas, did you not have that as much with the Lindy Hop? Well, there wasn't. I I didn't necessarily have the kind of examples or like we didn't know what the possibilities were. Right. Okay. Um, for pursuing career where it could go or how I would fit into the existing culture of this revival. Um, it, it was very organic how I came to be where I am now. I mean, I did this. Like, I'm, I'm extremely grateful, but I made decisions and I was open to the universe to, in a way that allowed me to receive all these blessings, right? Mm -hmm. that, and I can take real uh, ownership for that. Each one of us, you know, we say, wow, we're so fortunate to be here. It's like, well, we, we made it. Mm. We create our reality. Um, but, yeah, we, we were just loving the dance. I was dancing with a bunch of other young kids at my school. And then we started 
putting together a group, and then it came out of a class. There's just all these little like steps along the way, but we started getting nationally and internationally recognized, winning competitions, and it just was again happening to us. We didn't sit down. We couldn't have because there was no formula. And I still think, um, ideally, there 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 is no formula, but people try to create one or follow one. They think, well, if I do this X, Y, and Z, then I will get to be an international Lindy Hop um, pro professional or teaching instructor. And unfortunately, if you are approaching it that way, then you're missing the whole point. <laughs> um, and you're actually like denying yourself the possibility to, of discovery and of this dialogue or opportunity to get to know yourself and because you're following someone else's and model. potentially even setting yourself up for disappointment in some ways because you think yeah. you're going to get this when you get there, whatever there looks like for you, only to find out, oh, that's not how I expected it to be or it doesn't feel like I thought it was going to feel or fulfill you the way it was going to fulfill. So in that sense, have you ever ever wondered or were doubtful about whether it was the right thing for you? Yeah. Absolutely. I probably doubted if it was the right thing for me two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's always the back and forth. <laughs> um, yeah, like... And that's just life, you know. Sometimes I, I question everything. I think it's, it's uh, the more we can kind of accept that and acknowledge that as part of the human experience the more we can see it not as a problem mm. like we don't need to fix that no. There are no, uh, pro there's no solutions only the dissolving of problems so we're just going to see it in a completely different way that's really helpful in my life in general but uh, yeah I, I also am scared by my attachment to it for my identity like I would I actively try to let go of, you know, the thing that I love and hold so dear and so close and like I would love, I, I would like to think that I can be anything and then this causes happiness that we spoke about, yeah. like I can be happy just here right now, I don't yes. want to have to need to do this or need to, 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 to do that, to dance and I, um, you're not defined by a particular label, say for example a, a Lindy Hopper or a dancer like for you that's an extension of yourself that's right um, rather than and that can manifest outside of dancing maybe or in other avenues as well yes. is that right maybe yeah and just this non-attachment I mean it's, it's um, kind of a mindfulness thing or this sense of who I truly am as yeah as a as everything as a consciousness awareness mm. you know mm. and that yeah I can be conscious and aware and be expressed through cooking or be yes. expressed yes. through gardening or yes. through not that I mean you can look at my mm. my uh, backyard it's not a good example of that but maybe one day or that I could I mean it's terrifying but what if I stopped dancing and did something else I mean even my body's having a physical reaction like I my heart is sad and I feel like ah but that's what I am so acutely aware of I, I respect and recognize the dedication and monofocus that is necessary for mastery or for and the value of, of intimacy like I feel the more I get into my, my dancing and my body the more I want to know and the more it just keeps unfolding and revealing itself mm. but I don't know I don't know we, we, we yeah. make it we, yeah. we it's all in our heads so we can decide what is possible and if, if I can't imagine right. myself doing anything else 
then I can't imagine myself doing anything else. But if I can can say, like I, you know, being a parent, that that's like a huge thing, and I get very afraid and very like so many questions, and it's something I want to do, but I'm like, like freak the f out about what mm. I wouldn't, what if I wasn't traveling internationally, and and all the things that I would quote unquote lose, right? Yes. And we have we can live tell a lot of stories to ourselves yeah. about the future, but I'd much rather just say. I'm here now. I don't know. The only thing that's real is right now, and we'll see. And I'll and I'll be fine. Yeah. Like I will be fine. And but I still choose. And that's why the things we love are our choice. My husband, I continue to choose him. Yes. My dancing, I continue to choose. choose it. Yes. To to right. do it, I choose to practice every yeah. day. I put my tap shoes on mm. and I practice. Um, or I um, being conscious of it. Yeah, yeah, correct. And consciousness and awareness is just noticing is mm-hmm. a way of being, and that is definitely how I approach my dance. So I would say, actually, my way of being it f- informs and shapes the way that I approach swing dancing or tap dancing or um, if I were to be singing or what I have I mean, very little bit of singing, but I kind of look at it that mm-hmm. way. And right, the, the, that, that, that makes sense, yeah. I can be expressed. I. It's not that I am expressing myself. Yeah, uh, it's that I am being expressed through movement or through rhythm or through a connection with a partner. But as we've we've been speaking about, I can be expressed just walking down the street and feeling open and connected to the world around me, my environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be expressed through the clothes that I wear, which is superficial, but that's fine. You know, I can feel really true to myself in that. Or yeah, it's still a mode of expression. Yeah. Yeah. Or this might be a yeah. really hard question, especially to answer on the fly, but if you were to describe your state of being in one word, what, what, what comes to mind? Um, I would say excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, really, like, just, I, I'm, I'm excited about being here, like, now, like, right now, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, and I'm, I... I'm wondrous. I'm wondering. I'm curious. I, I've been. I'm like people say jokingly, like you know, you're just like a, a kid, and I say, great. Yeah. That's a good thing. If you it, it liken me to a chi- if I'm childish, I I think that is my way of interpreting that is that it's actually a really good thing. I, I don't want to lose yeah. that. You no, know, I no, want to no. um, keep being curious, exploring. I want to explore through touch. I want to explore through taste, through sound, through yeah. all my senses and. Yes. And keep on growing. I mean, I think that it's there's you learn the most you will ever learn in your lifetime um, when you know you're in the first three years or something. You know, like what the yeah. the, the way that we grow and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and our brain is growing and what we're able to take in. Um, so that's where I want to be. I want to just be there, and it seems to be working. I, I exciting and wondering and curious. Yeah, I think that's how I've. I, I kind of always have to have that dialogue with myself as well. From where my experiences come in is that you sometimes spend too much time thinking about what it is that's right for you rather than healing it. Mm-hmm. So that helps me go, okay, rather than trying to figure out all the dots or the points, it's like how do I want to feel? I want to feel like I'm in a state of creating something or... I'm in a state of being inspired or inspiring. For me, I resonate with singular words more easily because it helps me 
connect to a feeling. So, but in, in a nutshell, though, for you, dance has pretty much been a clear path, you know, from very early on. But there's a lot of people who are not quite sure what they want to do. And although they're, st- they're still searching for what is it that's their thing, that, that's their joyful path that they want to follow, in that circumstances, what would be your advice or recommendation to mm-hmm. figure that out? Well, aren't we saying that we can be fulfilled, content, expressed? Um, we can be really whole at any moment. You know, happiness is a choice, and I, I, I am empowered by that. That I, again, we, we that's kind of, uh, it's also quite romantic, and it can be like mm. easier said than done, and we, maybe we need more instruction or more clarity around how that works and but I think actually it is simple it's so simple and maybe starting with doing what feels good right going Mm -hmm. in the direction of good feeling leaning into that just getting in touch with yourself and saying I this is this feels good cooking for other people. Okay, maybe then you start to say, well, I want to go to a soup kitchen, and then maybe you go cook for people, and you meet someone who's doing... You don't know what is waiting, and the doors, yeah. and the connections, and the, the kind of, like, the possibility somehow. And it starts with, it's like a seed, and it's a seed of you doing mm. what feels... Yeah, what following feels. that curiosity, right? Yeah, and but the curiosity feeling. sounds like something in your mind. I'm talking right, about, yeah, right, in your right. body, like... It's a physical kind of joy or a physical peace or a physical sense of I'm happy. Yeah, like I'm really happy in this. And yeah, our culture is extremely conceptual. And I think what we're, what you're expressing, what we're all trying to do is feel into things rather than mm. think about them. Yes. And I'm always um, trying to, that's why dance is so great. That's why I really believe in this work of, of social dancing, of improvised dancing and of, of partner dancing mm. where you are really needing to get in touch with your body in order to relate to someone else's and to do it comfortably, you know, to sense yourself. Be, really feel what, where you're at. Don't think where you're at. Because that can, yeah, that's, that's so tempting. And it's that's where we've been taught. Yeah, yeah. It can become a bit of a trap. And, um, yeah, you just have to be brave. I think a lot of us are afraid. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of judgment. We're absolutely, um, we carry around a lot of stuff that we're not even conscious of from our childhood or from our upbringing that is uh, determining or uh, subconsciously, unconsciously making decisions for us somehow. I mean, that's really scary. It's almost like we have given up our control. But, I mean, there's people study bravery and, and what, right. that, what, that, what that, how that changes our experience of life. So if you can... Yeah, I mean, it's also fine. Like, it's really important that you don't feel like I failed if I haven't done It's like, maybe you don't want to do anything today. Fine. Like, I think, I think it's, it's so important, again, to say, what do you need? What do I need? You need to take a nap? Go take a nap. Yeah. You didn't do your practice? Fine. Like, that's okay, too. And I had a lot of psychological conditioning with ballet. I mean, I studied ballet really seriously and modern dance as well. But in contemporary, that's really a di- um, You start to... The mentality is, is very different. But with ballet, it's like, oh, if I don't do ballet class every day, I'm bad, I'm a failure, I'm fat, mm. I'm, you know, whatever it is, I'm lazy, all these things. And it was really, um, that can become, that kind of thinking is really poisonous. Yeah, and carries through to your life and the other 
the way you approach failure as well, right? Sure. Like creating, I, I was getting anxious about my emails that I hadn't checked. And then I was like, hang on. I don't even know. This is a story. I'm, I'm saying, well, I haven't checked my email, and therefore this kind of email is waiting for me. And I, you know, like, no, I have a feeling of being anxious, and it hasn't, it is just totally um, disassociated with any meaning and the feeling. And then as you experience the feeling, it can just, it literally, I, I felt it. Every day I've been able to practice this more or less where I'm conscious enough to say, here's the feeling, and then it just dro it just dribbles and floats out of my body. Like I can feel my body releasing and relaxing, and I'm like, it's so wonderful. It's like um, my friend Sean Jackson puts it this way, where, you know, there's a rope on the ground, and we see a snake. You know, we, you know where you, like, see something and you get afraid, but it's mm -hmm. actually just a rope? Because the fear lives in us. We created that meaning. You know, we said that it's a snake. Our mind did that. But then the fear is always in us, just all the time. We're all the things, right? So uh, I am excited about that because it's made a huge impact on my being, just being able to exist and being comfortable. And it's my relationship, someone says, my husband says, oh, I'm really tired or, you know, and I don't, or he says, I feel yucky. I don't go, well, didn't you, did you drink enough water today? Or, oh, what did you have for lunch? Or, you know, you, you didn't wear enough clothes. You were too, I mean, all that. It's like so cool that I can just let him be. You say to me, I'm sad. And I say, okay. Mm -hmm. we don't, and we don't have to process it. Yeah, I think yeah. too much processing is, is, can be very self-indulgent and is, is yes. not necessarily what it's we like need. It's like acknowledging the feeling but not necessarily trying to analyze it. Yes. Where it comes from, why you're feeling it, but just knowing that it's there whether it's for yourself or the person who's sharing their feeling with you. Is that one of the ways, the tools that you use to process a moment where you've experienced failure as well? Sure. If, I'm, if failure, I mean, I felt pretty shitty at times, many times, all the time. <laughs> I could, right? It's, it's right there. I can, I can just right now go, oh, man, I didn't do this. Or, but sure, when it comes to my things that I'm really invested in, like mm. my dancing or mm. a competition that I didn't place very well in or whatever, uh, I don't always, I'm not always this um, conscious. I get kept getting gotten totally wrapped up, you know, you just get consumed by the story. And then the amazing thing is that time passes and life goes on and then nothing is permanent and then two days later you're like or maybe more like a week later, you're like, That was ridiculous. Like right. what what? I feel fine. Like I really don't feel the same way about and of course having that perspective is, is sometimes nearly impossible. But that's why we're we're practicing awareness. We're practicing noticing. It's like this mindfulness, right? This just everyday mindfulness as as a way to be. And then uh So is there I think that's just hilarious. Is there something that you are aware of that you practice? between the point where you're feeling shitty about something and when it dissipates. I really like this thing of, of um, also, my friend Sean. Sean, I love you if you ever hear this ever. You're my <laughs> angel. You're we my spirit Sean. brother. I listened to a podcast that he did, and I was, like, moved to tears. I was laughing. I, was, I just had this... I'm like, you are speaking my language. Like, it was like 
you're my tribe. Like, we think yeah. it was so relieving <laughs> to hear him speak and go, like, yes, 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 yes. Like, ah, I'm not a crazy person. I'm not a weirdo. Like, this is so great. Anyway, um, it's this thing about the, the no uh, solutions only to the solving of problems. Like, if I have a feeling of disappointment or of shame or of fear, then I, that's not a problem. Like, I'm not trying to change that. Like, the shame that I might feel about something, instead of being like, oh, I have to stop feeling that, that's a problem. This is not okay. I go, it's not a problem. And then it goes away. It's not a problem. Right? So we're... Cha- we're so just saying that it's not a problem. Sure. I mean, you yeah. can say it out loud. You could just, like, for me, I'm like... Or if I have um, a feeling of jealousy or um, an attraction to someone else, for example, mm-hmm. that we would just feel so shamed, ashamed mm-hmm. about or that this is, the, unfortunately, the way that we're conditioned... Um, that say, no, that's okay. Like, it's okay. It's not a problem. I don't need to change this. And then, magically, it just, it ju- it just goes away because you're not focusing on it anymore. Now, no. You're not going, oh, I need to... Stop oh, that thinking so bad. it. Exactly, stop. Or how do we... Ch- how do we right, like um, problem solving somehow. It's not problem solving when you don't have a problem. Because the more you're sometimes trying to stop thinking something, the more attention you're giving into it, Right. And the yes, more it lingers exactly, on. Exactly. Exactly. Because you're like, ah, oh, this is just what I'm feeling, and it's okay. Surrounding right. train, and then it goes away on its own. Right. Or right. or a diversion. Like sometimes you just need to go and do something else. Else. Just yeah. you know, plain and simple of like, completely change your focus. Do something that Let, feels good. Yep. Do something that feels good, um, or do something. I mean, I often say this to my students who are kind of in a rut. They say, oh, I'm feeling. You know, I need help. The joy of the dance is gone, or I just feel stuck. I said, stop thinking, stop. Just <laughs> just give it a rest for a week, or for some people, yeah. maybe it would be a month. Um, for me, it's really hard. Like, maybe the most I can, like, not dance would be a week. Then I start to feel a little bit uh, crazy. Um, <laughs> but again, there's that dependency. I mean, anyway, I, the physicality is, is, is a fact. The fact that we need to, that movement in our body. We're so sedentary. Hmm. So I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty good that I'm a addicted to dance or that I need to move my body. Like, that's right. quite healthy. I would hope right, that for right, everybody, right. that we would, we, we all have that, um, we're in touch with ourselves that much that we need to move in some way. Maybe yeah. it's riding a bike or, but there's just every study, diet, exercise, whatever you're trying to, wherever you're trying to go, it can't just be in your mind. It's got to be through um, a kinetic experience. So anyway, um, yeah, that's a lot of things, but I, I can't, I, I don't think in a, maybe you can tell by the way I speak, I don't think in these, in a linear way no. at all. Everything is, it's all connected and it's just things, a common connections are made and I think that's more realistic. Do you have any stories where you've actually completely failed at something, whether it be dance or not, or sucked at something and how did you approach that that moment or that situation? Um, well, I like to be bad. I love being <laughs> bad at things. Like, I think it's... Whole, if, if I'm bad at something, then I'm doing something new. Like, really new. Like, right. even, like, playing sport or throwing a ball. Like, just doing something that... And so perspective. I mean, you, you're talking about failure, and I'm thinking it's all on how you look at it because when we fail, we learn. It's an opportunity. You know, it, it's, we could say, oh... Um, I made a mistake, or we could say, oh, how interesting. Oh, look, mm. that's an interesting thing. Mm. Oh, what, oh, huh, what did that happen? That was yeah. really, like, oh. Uh. So, 
But I, I would like to say, you know, it, to you that I would like, I, I would, I hope that I can find things that I fail at more. You know, because again, then I'm pushing, I'm stretching beyond my comfort zone or my usual. What else have I failed at? I'm, I'm plenty of things. I mean, I fail at self-compassion. <laughs> no, generally, well, I, I think feel like... I all of us, really. Yeah. It's, a, it's an ongoing battle. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But I haven't, I really have made some improvements. Like, I can feel it's like growing a muscle, you know, building muscle. or ex- If you exercise, mm. it's just a matter of time. Like, you're really... Um, if you do a little bit every day, it matters. I'm really... I do feel I've, I've grown a lot in my ability to, my mental health, my mental hygiene, mm. my conversation with myself, uh, my inner space, inner space, outer space. I want to go a little bit back to the performance side of things. Sure. Because I've heard even some of the most seasoned dancers, performers, entertainers uh, who are well-known or been doing it for ages and ages, many, many years, but they still experience some kind of fear or anxiety or like a level of stage fright no matter how long it's been and how long you've been practicing your craft. Do you experience that still as well or you've completely come to terms with it? No, absolutely. I get nervous. I'm, I usually get worried if I'm not nervous. I mean there's a kind of just the right amount the right ingredients to, you need a little bit of nerves for the adrenaline, for the energy, for like being on the edge, you know, your fight or flight, you're just like, really makes, it gets you in the moment. Um, but then too much nerve is very, is paralyzing. Yeah. And I know for some performers, they have had to really work with that, work through it, they battled it somehow. And for me, I love being on stage and I really have, since the beginning, I mean, I was performing in my school play, like, uh, doing some samba, you know, like, I remember loving being on stage yeah. and feeling comfortable there uh, pretty much from the get-go, but that doesn't mean that before, it's in my mind, it's your mind, right? Once yeah, you get, yeah, what, that's right. it's the mind is, is saying, oh, I don't want to practice today, oh, God, but then when I get on my tap board, I'm fine, right? You just need to show up. It's just getting to the yoga class or right. getting to um, the, the kitchen and have your all your ingredients if you're going to cook something, you know. So, um, so you don't um, have any particular tools or practices that you use, say, right before you get onto oh, stage. That yeah, yeah. Whether it's the self-talk or whether it's I don't know a meditation or whiskey, <laughs> whatever it is, right, like right, just right. before you get onto stage, that you a ritual, yeah, to calm your nerves, or is it um, trying to still work through it in an organic sense? I've I've kind of um, uh, I've I've been um, have the desire for a, a process that would kind of a ritual that was the same every time, but your cert, my environment my circumstances the amount of time I have mm. to get ready usually and I'm, I know a lot of performers can relate to this you know you're putting on your costume or you're putting on once I have my makeup on once I have my lipstick on right you brush your teeth I like to brush my teeth before going on stage <laughs> some people like to take a crap but I like to brush my teeth you know we all like the nervous poo I don't do that but I do um, I'm sorry but that's the fact uh, I love that moment I have my, my lippy on and I'm like okay let's do this but it's, yeah, it's getting in, getting your clothes and it's the process thankfully you know you have to put your stockings on like it's the whole you're building you're easing into that moment and then 
this time I felt, you know, this weekend when I, I was improvising with the band, tap dancing, I, I was so nervous. And I was going to put my shoes on and, like, warm up. I was going to try and cram, essentially. You're kind of just... But warming up is, is important. And if you're going to do, you know, as a doing contemporary or ballet or something that's really um, finite, the way that you're using your muscles, you need to warm up. Mm. You need to warm up. Um, and I find for jazz dance, for improvisation, for kind of so folk African-based, uh, rhythm-based uh, language, that the warm-up is just getting into the movement. Um, I wanted to do my, my scales, so to speak, with my uh, warm-up, my shuffles and all that. Mm. But then I realized it was just getting me like really afraid. And, and the idea, the, the reality is you do the work. And then when you're about to go on stage, there's nothing more you can do. That's it. Or you either did the work or you didn't. And if you didn't do the work, nobody can take the blame but yourself. You know, like if you feel unprepared, that's it. That's why practice is so valuable because at least you can go out there and feel like I have, at least I did the work. And now we'll see how it goes, Whatever right? happens, what happens. Yeah. That's right. But this time I said, no, I'm just going to, I know what I need. I need to just go out and forget myself and get out of my head and into my body. And I went and danced around with Andrew. I, we were partner dancing. We were doing Lindy Hop. And I just, at first I just couldn't stop thinking about how I had to perform in front of all these people. And then I forgot. And then I was just warming up my body, enjoying the moment, getting present. So that's a nice, that was really nice. And maybe I don't always have that opportunity. You know, if I'm going mm -hmm. on stage and it's just me and a band, or if it's just me and my partner at some corporate gig or something out of the yeah. context of that, mm -hmm. that community, then I'm not going to have the same um, warm-up Right. experience but you know you jump around you shake your body you see so would you say you can probably kind of open that up or broaden that perspective into whatever creative endeavor you're involved in where that warm-up can be for anything right that, mm, you sh yeah. that you show up for um, and the work can look like in any shape and form yeah um, and the more you're warmed up and the more work you've put in regardless of your discipline Yep, yep, then yep, yep. the more likely are you to ease into it. Um, but there's also that flip side where, say, you did show up mm -hmm. for it and you did put the work into it mm -hmm. and you did warm up, um, but you feel like you didn't deliver the way you wanted it to. Mm -hmm. What happens then? Then you say... Oh, well, <laughs> you say, let's see. <laughs> well, hopefully there's a next. I mean, then you have to take, you have to be light with yourself, take yourself lightly, and maybe you can learn from it. Usually it's preparation. I go, oh, well, I wasn't prepared. But then you also say, it wasn't me. It was just the spirit. You know, like Elizabeth Gilbert, this whole idea that, Yes. It's like the, it's, we don't take it so personally. It's like the, the crea creativity is there, and then it didn't visit me tonight. Yeah. So it's not my fault. I did no. everything I could do, and that's I was right. open and ready, but it, it just wasn't there. And you showed up, and you did the best you could. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and then it's not even so much about me. Then if I do a really good job, I can't. It's, not, it was, it's the spirit that moves me, you know. It's the spirit mm -hmm. was there with me, and, or however you, there's a lot of ways to yeah. describe it, but I do really like that. I think that's really valuable, too, because then it becomes, um, we don't become so identified with it. Sticking with 
performance side of things. I'd love to know what is your process in coming up with uh, dance routines or choreography. How do you begin that creative process? I think in many ways the process is no process, or the process mm -hmm. is uh, open to whatever is necessary to like whatever is needed, whatever I need to to receive. Um, and I found the danger comes when I've had a really good experience in the past in create in creating a piece, and then I expect it, right? Expectations. I expect it to be like that, mm. right? Normally, I, I'm I'm usually okay with that, but it is the hardest part is getting started, as we talked about yes. getting there. But once I open the door or allow myself, push myself, I just literally into that space. I like usually a floodgate mm. um, of stuff. I also dance around, like I'll have music playing and I'll just move. That's pretty, I can pretty concretely say that's like, first things first, you play the music and see what comes out and not, again, not think about it, but just let it, and I, I'm trying to video it also. I, I often forget and I do things and I'm like, oh damn, that was, oh I love that, but I can't remember. So if you have a video or, or some kind of camera running, capturing it, then you can go back and it's kind of, it's almost mm. like cheating. It's not cheating because it's, it's the truth. But you're not thinking. It's a very different way to. You're letting you're not, yourself. It's not conceptual. You're letting yourself respond rather yes. than trying to intellectualize it in, in some way. That's right. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Like it's nice to have a general vision. Like I might, if I'm working with a partner, it's really important we're on the same page and we mm -hmm. discuss like, yeah, what's the message? Or maybe yeah. we don't know. Sometimes we we have a sense of what it is and it changes into something yes. else. Yes. Sometimes we don't know at all. And by the end, once the piece is finished, we're like, that's the message. This time, recently with my partner from France, Remy Kwaku Kwame, we, I was like, I just want something slow enough that we can do double time. Like, I want to throw down some really interesting rhythms and play with, um, yeah, how we play with time. And that was, like, the general criteria. Mm. And then, yeah, the process is a lot of editing. You know, you, you need to be critical. You need, sometimes people, you're bringing in a director or an outside eye, but not so much in, in our um language, field, genre. Um, I, ha I have showed it to my friends, my contemporaries. We're going to go hey, have a look at this. And we've gotten mm. some really great little feedback. Like, why don't you tweak that and can really work? Plus, you're getting out of your... You're so in it that you, you sometimes it's hard to be objective. Mm. And, and that happens all the time with my choreography or class content where I'm just like, this is boring. This is so simple. And then it's absolutely not. You know, like, I mean, it may seem simple and easy for me, but for uh, the majority of people, it's hard. Or I think the idea is redundant, but someone for someone else they they'd never maybe never seen it before, and for them it's it's a new thing. So yeah, it's hard to be objective. Ugh. So it's um, just making a start, seeing where it goes, and letting it evolve on its own, in some ways. Yeah. Is that right? If I, am I summing it right? Yeah. And then. I need then someone like edit. you around to critique. Summarize. I need someone like you around <laughs> to like take all my words and be like, boom, <laughs> this is what it is. And then editing it and refining it as you're going along. But even if you don't have the vision or you don't have, you might have a broad guideline or approach that you want to work with. But just getting started with yeah. it and letting that evolve, the idea kind of manifest as you're in that process. Yeah, and I've I've definitely had a been sucked into trying to do something new because I mean what is original you know that's a really good question and when you try to innovate you are already 
like failing. It's our, it's, 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 so it's sometimes I want to be too tricky or I want to be too conceptual. Like, or it's just saying, like, as opposed to saying it doesn't have to be new. It just has to be good. Like, the simplest thing. It yeah. does not have to be new. And what is new? And, and um, I think that's similar to something to what Elizabeth Gilbert said as well, where when a lot of people struggle with that initial making the start of whatever it is that they're wanting to create, that done sometimes is better than good. Mm-hmm. Because it's better to have done and finished something than to have not even started or started something and not finished. Yeah, because you need practice in finishing. <laughs> yes. Like if you never finish, you never get the practice of creating something from the beginning to the end and learning about how to let it go, like when to let it go, and be like, no, that's... Mm. Like it's hard to, like you write that, like the last stroke, when is the last stroke on your painting? Yeah. And um, it's terrifying sometimes too when I know that I need to create something, if I have a deadline or if I'm... I did a show with uh, my dear friend Lee Barker. It was original dance and original music, mm. you know, in written, um, co-written. And there were times that I just felt like it's hard because you want to deliver. Like there's an, you have an expectation or you're comparing it to work you've done in the past or the best thing is to do it, you know, mm. and to learn from it. That's, that's, that's right. the bottom line is yeah. not to be afraid of what it could be or what it couldn't be. And, the, and and just let it be. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking right. of comparison, actually, everyone gets into those funks where they're comparing themselves to someone else, right? Have you experienced that? And how do you snap out of those moments? Well, again, if I can just keep in mind that reality that nothing is permanent, then I can be okay with the funk because the funk is there. Yeah. You're feeling <laughs> funk. That's it. That's the bottom line. So Friday night have a dance. I felt terrible. I was exhausted. I couldn't, I didn't feel the spirit was not moving me. Like I was just wanting to go. Sometimes I don't want to be there. You know, so yeah. the challenge is, okay, maybe I'm flown to the other side of the world and for what, I, you know, so much planning and work has gone into this event and here, this is such a special moment and I mean, this is rare. I have to say I'm really lucky. I, I but it happens, of course, because I'm a human. I'm not a machine and yeah, I'm just like, I just want to sleep or I just want to watch a movie. Like, I do not, or I want to be alone, and you're in a room full of people that, like, want a piece of you, right? But I just pushed through, and actually, by the end of the night, I got a little second wind, and, and so there, there's, a, there's a fine line when it comes to my body and fatigue. Sometimes pushing through can get you injured, yes. okay? But other times, like, if I'm really sore, and I'm one of a contemporary dancer from the Limon Company, Jose Limon, I studied at the Limon Institute in New York, um, for a year I did a professional studies program in modern dance and she said once because I came to class and I was like just so sore and she's like you gotta pu- just push through it like mm. your body's okay and you this is what you need to do actually is not rest and I've had other teachers say well sometimes you do need to rest so you need both yes. um, but if you never push like it's that thing of like um, when you're practicing if, if you stop as soon as you want to stop then you never you're not growing your uh, stamina or your ability to sustain something. You're not raising your ceiling. You right? are definitely yeah. not. So the, the advice that I'm always giving to my students and myself is like, as soon as I want to stop, that's when I need to continue. <laughs> like, that's the information. That's the, the, the actual the, the, the word go. You just mm. keep going. And, and if you can push through, um, it's really exciting. Of course, quality needs to be considered, not just quantity. But So I push through and... Then the next day was fantastic. So, and I was thinking, look, it's one night, and we get a, we get so 
we get too close to it somehow. That perspective is so important. Like even when we're having such a good time, mm. we need we can need to think that this is not permanent. Even that. Right. right. So that when you're in the uh, in those moments of feeling like you're comparing yourself to someone else, just like any other feeling that you would experience with failure, you're going back to that that sense of acknowledging that feeling, but from a sense of non-permanency. Exactly. Yeah, this this too will pass. This too will pass. pass. That's my yeah. favorite. That's one of my favorite <laughs> mantras. Or everything is exactly as it should be, and that is just that really helped me like a year ago, and I still come come back to it. But it's like everything is exactly as it should be. It's such a good. It's just such a nice. It's just so peaceful. You're like yeah. it's acceptance. Mm. Um, and I also love how uh, what you just mentioned. Like I I remind myself all the time as well how we're humans, not machines. Mm. And I think it's like you can remind yourself that in so many contexts when you're in whatever mental bubble or treadmill that you can't seem to snap out of it. Mm. Like, oh, I haven't checked my emails. I haven't or I haven't posted on social media every day right. for my business. Right. I'm meant to do that. Three posts every day on Instagram and you haven't done it. That means you suck. And it's like... There. Come back to I'm a human, not a machine, right. and quality versus quantity. Mm-hmm. And then you just, just as soon as you relax into that, it's just so much more easier, and you enjoy what you're doing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a quote that I've heard you say quite a lot. Um, oh well, no, <laughs> <laughs> that your work is the joy, mm-hmm. right? Right. But we all have days when work really feels like a slog. Mm-hmm. And a grind. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd love to know what you know, whether we're passionate or whether we love what we do or not. I'd love to know how you work through those moments of when it feels like a slog or, or a grind, and still maintain that level of joy. That's so interesting. <laughs> um, I mean, the work, the work is the joy, but the work is also the work. Like there's days when you don't want to do it. Yeah, and that. Um, no one is exempt from that. Doesn't matter how talented you are or how open you are to to joy in general. Sometimes it's just work. I love working, and I think that is a, maybe a mentality. But it's enjoying struggle and enjoying enjoying uh, being present. But yeah, if I can be present through my practice, then I have succeeded, even if it's hard. Even if I hate it, even if my feet sound terrible, you know. And then some days, the thing is, if you stay with something for long enough, but if you stick with it, it's going to get hard, and that's real life, and that's when the learning, an opportunity. I mean, newness, new love is, like, freaking awesome. But, wow, the depth, the depth that you can um, explore and nice. and feel mm. is, is, on a, is a whole other level. And most people aren't necessarily willing to do the work there. We're lazy or we're... Who knows what? They just don't want to work. And then we move on to something else or move on to someone else. Or What are some of the biggest barriers, both personally and professionally, um, that you've had to overcome to pursue what you love to do? The barriers, I'd say it's myself. I'm my, my biggest critic. I hold myself back. Again, that sense of responsibility. I can't, I'm not going to blame anybody or anything. Mm. If I don't go and put myself out there, you know, make a choice to go to a a dance class or dance community or go out of my comfort zone. Mm. I can't blame anybody but myself. And the times that I've gone out and interacted with 
in a new environment or like networking and all that stuff, mm. right? Like to be to be brave and take a risk and the unknown and who you know, what do you have to lose? Yes. You still have yourself, you still have your passion, you still have your work, you still have your practice. Your mm. practice is something you can keep coming back to and like as a given, because you do it. You do it, you make it, it's yours. Um, you can't expect something that you don't show up for, right? Whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so. Or try. It's like that um, the, bit, the failure is not necessarily the failure itself, but it's the failure to try. I feel like in, in terms of Lindy Hop and jazz in particular, was something that overcame adversity and gifted something something to the world despite of that right and mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about that history mm -hmm. why do you think that jazz has allowed or Lindy Hop has allowed for that I know this is a big question <laughs> and what is your advice for anyone trying to create whatever it is that, that they want to create in a difficult environment or circumstance oh man that's a hard question that, that is a hard question I mean, I mean I don't necessarily think that yeah there's this in spite of thing and I mean just so you listeners are aware like swing dancing and Lindy Hop was blazing a, tra a trail in terms of integration and of course it's very romantic like we're focusing on the Savoy Ballroom we're speaking about a specific place in Harlem New York where it was one of the first integrated ballrooms in the country as far as we know where white people black people everybody people mm. all kinds of colors were and all and ages were were dancing. It was a really hard time, and I can't even begin to. As a privileged person, it's hard to ever know because of your, like your privileges. Oh, what's a, such a great quote? But I I can only learn as much as I can. I just don't. Know, I will never know what it's like to be a black person now or ever, or mm. a black woman, or mm. a black musician, a black artist. It's like this was some crazy crazy times um, but yes the dance in spite of all those circumstances and, and um, through that out of that came something really really beautiful and and it was it was a dance for the people and by the people that's right uh, which is so cool yeah um, and I wish I could speak more eloquently and I think the thing that uh, what I would say about that is like just acknowledging difference and actually, if nobody wants to talk about race, but that's actually what we need to do. We need mm. to talk about it. We need to talk about our bias. We need to acknowledge mm. our bias and say this, this is, instead of just trying to be all polite um, or say, like, oh, that's not me. No, 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 no. That's, that's someone else. They're, I'm, I'm not, you know. Yes. Like, I'm doing all the good things. I'm, like, super switched on and aware. You have to constantly, every day, be vigilant with your biases, you know, your mm. thought process, and no one is exempt. exempt. Um, and that's, I think that's an acknowledging that there is a there is a difference. So some, mm -hmm. for someone to say they're colorblind is just a lie. That's no. You, we're to say I'm colorblind. Absolutely not. We need to say no. You are. I respect and acknowledge our cultural difference. I respect and acknowledge that we have different color of skin. Does that um, change the way I treat you? No, because I I know that that's not like mm. we made that up. Like race is a construct, but we still have to work with race because it is has been a part of, like shaped society and shaped our history. And in that sense, race is very real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that's what art is. Art is it. It is like 
the breath it's like living through adversity <laughs> like art is in many ways is is the thing that uh, is the heartbeat like that keeps us alive so if you feel that you're in a, in a hard position or if this, there is um, circumstances that you that are challenging then it's the perfect place somehow it's like the fertile ground for a kind of like um, that need I think I think it can be really it is the the voice the outlet the channel somehow maybe creative expression creative expression and mm-hmm. and a language beyond words music dance that's the thing food these languages that's what I was where I was going was this language beyond words is that we these are instantly we can we can really connect mm. that way and as I travel I travel all over the world and I love to eat and I love cooking and I love food and I'm curious about flavors and it's so profound how much that what how many doors that opens and how instantly you feel a part of something and how people get so excited when you eat you know I eat everything I'm not vegetarian or vegan or and so I I think I I eat very healthfully when I'm home but when I'm on the road I eat everything because I, I know, understand what that means mm. in human connection and dance music graphics visual you know art yeah. all these things are going to be so powerful and um the spoken word is, is also really great poetry because then you get to choose how you use language. And, mm. yeah, I think mm. I think art is the way. What has your shift been that perhaps maybe you can use it as advice for other people who want to become more artistic or develop their own artistic personality um, that's unique to them? Well, okay, here's what I think about that. My response <laughs> is that you don't have to try to be yourself. You are yourself. You need to try to do the form. <laughs> like try, everybody goes, oh, I want to make it my own. How do I find my own voice? Don't worry, you have your own voice. That's a given. The way you walk is unique. You know, I'll have a, t- a class of students just walk, and maybe half of them will stop and just watch the others, and it becomes... It's just so shocking how even in the simple act of walking, the most basic thing that we do every day, nobody's doing it exactly the same. There's um, as many different walks in the, as in the room as there are people. And then if you're saying, well, if someone is walking in their own way, they're going to move in their own way. Um, and what, what is the hard part, I find, even in myself, is to not do whatever I want, to kind of just be abstract and, oh, I'm just feeling it. No, it's to be specific. Like freedom is in the... And the, the ability to find ourselves is through the boundaries of space or time or whatever your, your uh, structure is. You need that structure. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of a trick, a trick question, but I think people are saying are really not focusing on the right thing. Like, yeah. I said, trust me, you're already, you are you. No one, your experiences, your, everything that you are is unique. So how about can you just do this exact rhythm or can you be very clear with where you're putting your body or how you're getting there? That's what you need to work on. Create the container for your emotions. But without that container, where do you live? You don't exist. There's no context. Mm. <laughs> so, yes. and that's the thing is everybody's trying to be, like, be different and be themselves and then it just gets told the picture's fuzzy. It gets lost. It really can't see you. I can't see you. I can't see you. 
I mean, you know, you have to learn the yeah. classics. You gotta learn the Vitruvian Man and the proportions. And everybody is like, mm. you're you're getting you're, you're getting there by imitation. Yeah. Through copy imitation is yeah. great. Stealing things. Yeah. And then, and then you're just trying to be genuine and yeah. honest. And then you're you're being you're willing to be vulnerable or you're not. You're taking mm. a risk or you're not. But you're or you're just trusting in the form and then as you're doing the form you are doing the form like you Akriti is is doing this movement or this rhythm so it's you mm. you see what I mean yes, yes like that's so exciting and yeah. Um, yeah okay so I have one final question to finish off which is a quote from Brené Brown mm. where she says that creativity is the key to how things travel from the head to the heart to the hands. How do you interpret that? What do you feel about that, Carl? I mean, I don't know. You could say the creati- that creativity starts in the heart or it could start in the hands. Like, you could be just... I'd like to go back to knitting or some kind of handwork, like in, in the Steiner um, school and that uh, anthroposophic philosophy. You are... There's a lot of handwork and this... It can be. It's very meditative, and it's very. It's just like this doing. We don't have that. We weren't. We're not like chopping wood or kneading bread or. We we're like that. Yeah, that mind body connection. Like mm. creating, making. You know that can be like making something with our hands or. or that's why even um, doing dishes can be so so cathartic because you you are doing it. It's with your hands, and then you can see what you've done. <laughs> like you get a result instantly. You're like the kitchen's clean, you know. It's like so yeah. satisfying. Yeah, I think that's that's. I think you could start anywhere in your head, in your hands, or in your heart. And then, it ultimately we're trying to be holistic and and connected and and feel that um, we're in harmony and in balance with ourselves. And cool. then the creative force can can really work through us and in us, and we are of it. And it's yeah. just. There's no separation. Yeah. Beautiful. I think that's a good way to finish off. Thanks, Ramona. Thanks, for So that's it for this episode of Curiously Creative. We hope it has sparked a little, or a lot, of creativity and curiosity in you. Curiously Creative is a production by Curiously Creative. Who would have thought? So if you'd like to know our comings and goings and check out some more inspiring content, head on over to curiouslycreative.co.nz. Until the next episode, with lots of love and a massive splash of joy, Akriti, your creative curiosity advocate.